Aloha and welcome to another episode of the English 2.0 podcast, the podcast for ambitious English students who want to become fluent English speakers, global communicators, and real-world English 2.0 performers. My name is Al, and thank you so much for downloading and listening today. So today, we have another great interview with Vanessa from speakenglishwithvanessa.com. Now, Vanessa is one of the best English teachers online today, and she has over 3 million subscribers on YouTube. So if you're not already subscribed, you probably are if you're listening to this, go over to her YouTube channel and check out her awesome videos. Also, you can check out her website at speakenglishwithvanessa.com. And I'm going to put links to everything in the show notes as usual. So in this interview, we're going to cover some really important things. Vanessa is going to share one of her best tips for becoming a more confident English speaker. She's going to share with you a hot phrasal verb or expression that is very useful right now, so you don't want to miss that, and much, much more. So be sure to listen all the way to the end, and then I'll come back to wrap things up and let you know how you can get more of Vanessa's teachings online and her free ebook as well. So without further ado, let's get to our interview today with English teacher Vanessa. So I'd like to welcome Vanessa to the show. She's from speakenglishwithvanessa.com. Welcome. How are you? Hi, thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's awesome to have you. And um, so would you mind sharing with us uh, where you're located just so the audience or the listeners can get a feel of geography here? Sure. I'm from Asheville, North Carolina, which is on the east coast of the U.S. And even though it's North Carolina, it's actually in the south of the U.S. But we live in the mountains, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. Live in the south, but also get a nice mountain breeze every now and then. Wow. It sounds sounds amazing. Yeah. Nice. I think it's a pretty good place. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cool. Are you from there originally? I grew up about an hour south, so not in the mountains and just hot, but it was still a nice place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, oh, so this just came to me. Do, do people ever ask you about like uh, having a Southern accent or because I don't hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was born in the North. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe kind of neutralized my voice. I'm not exactly sure because we moved to the South when I was six. And I mm-hmm. feel like it's a good time to pick up an accent when you're six years old. But maybe because my parents don't have a Southern accent, I just right. never picked it up. But it certainly feels really comforting whenever I hear people speak with a Southern accent. It feels like, ah, oh, this is home. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, if you hear... um a Minnesotan accent coming out, then it comes out occasionally. Uh, I've heard so people tell I me. I <laughs> hear a little bit when you say Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we like to take the boat up on the lake up north there. <laughs> so <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I like the southern accent. So, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started teaching English? Have you done this all your life, or is it something you just picked up, or how how long have you been doing this? Sure. Well, when I did my studies in college, which is what we call university in the U.S., (laughs) um, I studied English literature and grammar. It wasn't necessarily to become a teacher. It was just because I liked reading and I thought, oh, maybe this would be something interesting to look into. And after that, 
I studied as, or I was a, an au pair in Paris, which is like a live in nanny with a French family. And because of that experience, I, it was my job to speak in English with the children and the family's job to speak in French with me, kind of like an exchange, but kind of like an exchange with a little bit of pay. (laughs) And so I kind of got a little bit of a cultural experience, language experience. And uh, because of that, I thought, oh, maybe it would be really interesting to help people learn English, but maybe in a more formal way or not just in, you know, helping the kids get ready for school, but in a more formal way. So after that, when I moved back to the U.S., I became an English teacher to just American kids, teaching literature, grammar, and whatnot. But then my husband and I moved to South Korea, where we taught in a ESL, like English as a second language classroom for three years. And that was that kind of traditional classroom experience in teaching. But I personally prefer to teach adults. I like their motivation and I can relate to a lot of the, the interests or the reasons why they might want to learn English. So after Korea, I decided to start an online English teaching business where I could focus on teaching adults and nothing against kids. I like kids. I have two of my own. You might hear them, (laughs) but it's, uh, yeah, it's nice to be able to teach adults too. It's a totally different thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I taught in Japan, um, for many years. Um, and actually I didn't teach kids for a long time. It was only adults until about my fourth or fifth year. And then, um, I taught kids and actually it was a lot of fun. I did it for about six months um, at a conversation school, but, and it was fun, but yeah, I I understand what you mean. Cause after that, I kind of realized I preferred teaching adults and then I went to more of the corporate training world. So um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely understand, but yeah, kids are a lot of fun as well. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. It's a different thing. (laughs) So after South Korea, you moved back to the U S Yes. Yes. Okay. I, we moved back to the U.S., did a little tour of some different cities on the East Coast to see where we wanted to live because we didn't really want to live in his hometown or mine. So we kind of checked out some places and landed in Asheville wow. and didn't really have any other kind of job future lined up. So it was all or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just go for it and spent many hours reading and watching webinars and researching how do you teach online? How do you make this not just a hobby, but also a job and not too overwhelming, hopefully. So uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of input at the beginning to try to figure out how to make it work. And then um, seven years later, here we are. <laughs> wow. Wow. Amazing. And I was just looking at your YouTube channel and let me, let me, this is quite incredible, quite impressive. 3.28 million subscribers. Wow. Crazy. It feels a little strange because I think if I really thought about that many people, I might get too scared and stop. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to, uh, yeah, I like uh, knowing people and knowing who I'm teaching. And mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to reach a lot of people, but it's certainly a different world teaching online. Right, right. Wow. That's that's incredible. And all in the last seven years. Um now, speaking of your YouTube channel, um, uh, is there any uh, video or any pl- uh, place you'd recommend people to start if they go check you out? I'm th- actually probably there <laughs> if they're uh, listening to this or probably already uh, watching your videos. But uh, if not, where can they where where can they start or where do you recommend? 
Sure. Um, you, I recommend starting with whatever the latest video is. Watch the latest video, give it a try. <laughs> and if it's something that you like, usually I try to recommend students to check out some of the playlists that I've created. So if you're into uh, listening and hearing some natural conversations, there's a listening playlist. You can watch conversations I've had with my husband or with other guests or with like phrasal verbs, you can check out the phrasal verb playlist. Try Hot to topic, connect. yeah, phrasal verbs. Yeah, <laughs> hit, the, hit the interesting topics of pronunciation or vocabulary, but trying to yeah make it fun, interesting, hopefully. I call it edutainment, a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of education. <laughs> Great, hey, that's, that's, there obviously works. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, a slow and steady process for many years. <laughs> yeah. And as you've been teaching through the years, um, are there any like kind of your core philosophies or teaching points or messages that you've developed? Or like, what are what are some of your the main things that you like to teach? Or do you, maybe a better way to ask it is, do you have any kind of area of specialty? Because um, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a big, broad topic, you know, English teaching, right? So what, what would be your specialty, I guess? Yeah, I feel like something that I've heard from students a lot is that when they watch my lessons, they feel really comfortable and maybe hopeful (laughs) for the first time. So even though, um, yeah, it was just different conversations or phrasal verb lessons or these things that we've heard a lot of, I hope that the unique message is that when students watch them, they might feel like, oh, I can finally understand, or, oh, this is actually interesting, or, oh, this is less complicated than I thought, that kind of, like, hopeful feeling. And, um, yeah, that's really important to not just feel overwhelmed. And it is a big deal to learn another language and speak confidently, and that's a whole nother mindset. But to the first step is yeah, feeling comfortable and, like, oh, I can do this. Yes, I need to put in a lot of effort, but oh, I can do this. Right. So. Yeah, I hope that that's something that students come away with. Um, maybe not a very specific answer to your mm. question, but <laughs> no, no, that's that's really really important because I've heard that a lot too, where people are just not necessarily comfortable getting started, and that's really a key thing is when they get started, and then to build the confidence, which you mentioned, and that's actually what I wanted to ask you next. Which um, I noticed you have a uh, an ebook, uh, your top five. Tip. Let me get the exact title and mess it up. So five steps to becoming a confident English speaker. So um, we don't have to go over all five, but maybe what, what is one key step or one key thing you'd recommend for people to become a more confident English speaker? Sure. One of the steps in the ebook that I mentioned is to find information or material that you enjoy because we're adults. We're not going to Uh, do something necessarily for a long term if we're unless we're like really forced to do it we do stuff because we enjoy it and we want to do it and if you even if you need to learn English and it's a requirement for like a job or travel visas or whatnot the best way to actually learn it is to have a good time (laughs) so if there's uh, there's so many resources this podcast my YouTube channel tons of other stuff but if one thing really resonates with you or touches you or interests you more than something else, stick with that. Maybe it's, you know, watching soccer or I guess football as the rest of the world says with like mm-hmm. an English broadcast. Cool. Do that. Don't feel like you have to follow the more traditional path of just studying 
you know, grammar verb tenses or whatnot. Some people really love that. So (laughs) no problem if you love that, but if it's something that you enjoy, that's going to be helping you to stick with it in the long run and not just study English for like one week and then quit. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Great. And perfectly uh, in line with the English 2.0 message. That's the the English 2.0 podcast message, which is level up. Yeah. Level up your learning. You don't have to stick with the old textbooks, level it up and yeah, find alternative ways of learning and leveling up your language and leveling up your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal for a lot of us. Like even the younger generation, even younger than me, I'm not that young, (laughs) but they're still learning with uh, in the more traditional Mm -hmm. style and I think for people like you and me who have been teaching this new mindset for a while of, yeah, there's so many other ways to learn a language that are enjoyable. We're kind of swimming in those waters and thinking about that a lot, but a lot of people have never thought about that before. So it's, it can be really relieving for English learners to realize, oh, it's not just me. I'm not just bad at a language. It's because that style was not good. And I think it's really helpful Sometimes I feel like, oh, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that there's better ways to learn to learn English. But to keep talking about that is important because mm-hmm. it's not common knowledge for a lot of people. So it can give a lot of hope. Absolutely. And is perhaps good for, you know, taking exams and things like that. But when you know, people when I think you and I talk to our students, it's more, hey, people want to connect with others in the real world. It's not just take the test and pass, right? So yeah, absolutely. Um, and so thanks for that uh, awesome tip. If they want to get the others, how can they get a hold of your free ebook? Yeah, they can just go to my website. There's a link for the ebook, speakenglishwithvanessa.com, or I think speakenglishwithvanessa.com slash free ebook <laughs> is mm-hmm. one of those as well. But yes, it's almost at the end of, it's at the end of almost all of my YouTube videos or in the description of all my YouTube videos too. (laughs) All right. So no excuse guys, really easy to find. Just go to speakenglishwithvanessa.com, watch any of your YouTube videos and you can get access to that free book with uh, four more awesome tips to become a confident English speaker. Um, I have a question that I ask all of my guests and I'm curious to hear your response. So I'm sure you've been asked this question, but if a student comes up to you, Vanessa, and asks you, how do I improve my English? How, how do you answer that question? Well, this is a really big question. <laughs> good question, yeah, but big question. Yes, mm-hmm. big, good question. Uh, I think the first step is to think about what your goal is, because how do you know if you are improving? <laughs> if you um, take a test and you want to get to the next level of the test, that's a kind of clear thing. But I think a lot of Maybe your listeners and my students too are not necessarily taking an exam. They just want to feel more comfortable in the workplace or when they travel and making friends and having relationships. It's kind of hard to define how you're improving. How do I improve my English? How do I get a better communications with my coworkers? It's good to define that first. And uh, something that I often tell students is um, that my personal definition of fluency, because a lot of people say, I just want to be fluent for mm-hmm. me um, because I've been, I'm a lifelong learner of French. <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, this for me is my second language and a definition of French fluency to me is being able to speak about almost any topic pretty comfortably. 
And I don't need to have perfect vocabulary to describe everything, but have a, a smooth conversation where the other person also feels comfortable having that conversation with me in almost any topic. Um, so I often tell my students that if their goal is to be able to speak about almost any topic, you know, there's going to be those topics we don't know much about in our native language too. That's okay. But if their goal is that to speak about almost any topic pretty comfortably and have the other person be comfortable too, to choose some topics that they would like to get started with. Um, So that might be something simple like, Hey, let's just talk about where we're from. That can be a great starting point. But for students who are a little more advanced, leveling that up to more challenging topics. Oh, let's talk about something that happened in our childhood, or let's talk about some world concepts that are happening in the world. So choosing those topics and kind of learning topic by topic. Um, You can watch YouTube videos about those topics and then chat with a friend about it. And that way you're kind of immersing yourself in English topic by topic. Um, If there's something that you have never talked about in English before. Cool. Listen to some podcasts about it. Watch some YouTube videos about it. And when the next time you have an English conversation with a friend, give it a try, try to talk about that. And that's actually what a lot of my students do is they'll come up with a topic or I'll give them a topic and they'll just have a 30 minute chat about it. Maybe everyone will watch the same two minute YouTube video about it and just talk about money habits or whatever it might be. And that way you're kind of growing that confidence and also having practice talking about multiple topics um, instead of just the same, you know, small talk things that we all talk about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, growing confidence in all those topics is really helpful. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. And this just uh, came to me. I'm I'm trying to take the uh, mindset of a student who would be watching this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, do you offer um, like live lessons online or how do you how do you teach I guess how do you I mean of course you have the YouTube videos I mean do you I guess to be clear if someone wanted to take your class how would they do Mm. that yeah yeah Um, I don't teach one-on-one lessons but I have a course called the fearless fluency club that students can join and they'll get access to a real English conversation that I had with another English speaker like a 30-minute conversation about an interesting, sometimes strange, but always fun (laughs) topic. And then in the rest of the lesson for that whole uh, lesson set, which is usually about one month of material, we'll break down lots of vocabulary about that, different phrasal verbs in there, how to pronounce specific phrases and sentences, just like uh, we did in the original conversation. Um, And a lot of my students will meet up with each other, like I mentioned, and just talk together about that topic, or they'll use the vocabulary together. Um, so that's been a really cool aspect, I think, of this job is being able to help students in a more specific way to reach their goals in that okay. course. Okay, great, great. All right. So actually, uh, we'll start to wrap this up here. I just wanted to well, thank you, of course, for joining us. And I have just two last questions. Okay. And I'm going to actually put you on the spot for one that I didn't mention before. So um, okay. you mentioned phrasal verbs. And I'm sure people are wondering, oh, what's the what's the key phrasal verb that I need today? Or what's the, <laughs> you know, what's the hot uh, idiom of, of the day? You know, so do you have any uh, off the top of your head um, phrasal verbs or idioms that um, you want to share with our listeners today? <laughs> uh-huh. 
Yeah. Well, actually, I was talking about this phrase with my students last week in the course, which is go for it. <laughs> and how sometimes we even pronounce that go for it, like with a fur in the middle instead of mm. for go for it. But that means like, you've got this, you can do it. But sometimes we say that to ourselves, like, all right, I'm going to go for it. And there's a lot of things as English learners that we do that are new and outside your comfort zone and you need some kind of encouragement for that. So it's, I think it's a good phrase to keep in mind, like, all right, I know that speaking with someone else is scary or something I haven't done before. I feel nervous, but I'm going to go for it. It kind of like a good encouragement that you got this, you can do it. Just go for it. <laughs> okay. Nice. Nice. Great. Great. Thank you. All right. No so problem. <laughs> we'll wrap it up here. This is the final question. Um, if someone were to visit your neck of the woods, hey, there's another one, uh, your neck of the woods, uh, North Carolina or anywhere, I guess in that region, uh, what would you say would be the, your number one sightseeing tip for that spot? Uh-huh. Well, a wonderful place that I always take everyone who visits me is a cool place called Craggy Gardens. Uh, I recommend searching for that on Google, looking at a couple images. It is a quick, easy, less than 20 minute hike. People do it in their wedding dresses to take pictures. So it's pretty simple. (laughs) Um, My four-year-old does it all the time. (laughs) But when you get to the top, there's like a little stone wall and you can see a 360 view of all the mountains. And in any weather, it's beautiful. Every season, it's amazing. And it's about 30 minutes from the center of town. Um, A lot of people like to go to breweries. Um, It's like the beer capital of uh, one of the beer capitals of the U.S. have lots of breweries here. I That's don't like, like beer, but <laughs> I like to go to breweries. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But in, uh, apart from that, I say, yes, definitely visit Craggy Gardens. Beautiful drive, beautiful view, and it feels really satisfying to get some fresh air. <laughs> okay, awesome. Love it. Thank you. All right. You're well, welcome. Vanessa, yeah, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Um, and again, um, let us know where to send people. They want to uh, find your basic stuff. It's speakenglishwithvanessa.com. Yep. Speakenglishwithvanessa.com is my website, or you can search for that on YouTube and hopefully it should come up. <laughs> you can help her reach 4 million viewers. <laughs> cool. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. And yeah, we really appreciate it. And everybody check out uh, Vanessa on YouTube and her website and the ebook and all of the good stuff. So thanks again. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Vanessa from speakenglishwithvanessa.com. And please head over to her website and download her free ebook on becoming a more confident English speaker. And you can get that at speakenglishwithvanessa.com forward slash free hyphen ebook. Now, if you can't remember that, I'll put a link to it in the show notes to make it easy for you. And there should be a link on her homepage as well. But be sure to go and check that out because it will really be helpful to you. All right, so that wraps up another episode of the English 2.0 podcast. Be sure to make sure you're subscribed or following us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And make sure to please share us with a friend, a classmate, or a colleague. And we would appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening today. And remember to always level up your learning and level up your life.